Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we are your hosts. Hi. Do some trials and triumphs. Taryn, why don't you go first? I will go first. I actually had a tip from uh, I followed that remodelista mm-hmm. blog that's still still <laughs> happening, and I get um, things every week or every day um, their post, and they had a great post, and so I thought I would just share that this week because I think it's something that our listeners are always asking, and something that we are. They're all tips we've been through, but it's eleven zero cost room changing ideas, and they're just ideas but they're a good way to evaluate your room. And so I thought this would just be a great share and you can obviously Google it and read through. Um, it's by Justin Hand. And first, number one, rehang your art, which we've Ooh. talked about. Mm-hmm. It's good advice, see? And then two, give your furniture room to breathe. And then he kind of talks about kind of that harmonious and giving you know your eye a place to rest. Three, Apply circular thinking, which is pretty much think about shapes in the room. Like, and we've talked Mm -hmm. about that too. We always talk about, you know, we don't want too many legs or too many skirts or, you know, like how do you keep it so not everything in the room is circular or angled. Um, Four, create visual transition. Um, He talks about like in there, the harmonious design like having some traditional pieces and some older pieces and um, everything between to kind of help the room feel like it's not just right now. Balanced, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And revisit your attic. Go take a look. What does that mean? Oh, gosh. Go shop your house. Go shop it. Have you been in your basement? Have you been in your attic in a while? Go see if Mm -hmm. there's something down there. You haven't. Add green, which means adding plants, adding clippings from your yard, adding, you know, house plants, adding, yeah, so that was a good one. A seven, add white accents. Um, White accents, okay. Yes. Chances are good that you already embrace the white. Da-da-da. I was reading through it to make sure. Don't be shy about white. White is a good, you know, it says, even if it's putting some sun-bleached shells in a room, and like you or white stones, it helps, again, your eye move along the room. Eight, add texture. So that could be different things, throws in a different room and put them in, you know, move them around. Uh, nine, don't ignore the elephant in the room. Tame it. And so this speaks to if you have mm. something you like hate, aka mm-hmm. like my leather sofas, um, <laughs> they're like, well, cover it up with a throw. Like change mm-hmm. it up. Change how it looks. So like, yes, don't ignore the elephant in the room. Tame it. Um, I love that. That's a good one. Um, the other one is – uh, regroup and it's pretty much just speaking to organization doesn't mean you have to hide everything right 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 so if you group things together is that what it means regroup sort of it like- just means like if you can if you strategically place out some of the things that we usually hide away like your brooms or your hats or like 
if you do it in a very beautiful kind of way, you can make it so it visually is pleasing and you don't Not have Not my brooms, it. but maybe my hats. I don't Depends have on the brooms, brooms you have. Yeah, I don't have true. pretty brooms either. No. I should actually get a pretty <laughs> But you could. Broom. I could have pretty brooms, but I don't. Oh, easily. But of course we don't. Yeah, I have, I have the one from Target that's red. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> 11. Don't forget. Elliot wants to participate. One second. Yes. Okay, 11. Don't forget to break the rules and use your own imagination. Meaning, do something crazy. It's your house. Just that's do right. it. If you want to do it and you think it'll bring joy... Just do it. Remember, you're the person that you're pleasing. Well, so. like Jonathan Adler said, yeah. the, the most, uh, what was it? The most glamorous version of you, that's what you should try to do in your mm-hmm. house. Whatever you imagine your most glamorous self being. Mm. I liked that. It is good. Yeah. I don't know if I can afford my her, though. Your most glamorous. <laughs> really I know who I want to be, but uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought those were good. So I just wanted to share those as yeah. reminders to everyone to those little tips and tricks might not cost much and you can make a little revamp. And mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe you'll move something around and realize you do want something new and know exactly what to get. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who Smart. wants to go? I, uh, yeah, I'll go. do it. Do it. Okay. So I think I mentioned on a trial and triumph many, many weeks ago that, um, and this goes back to you when we were talking about last week, um, uh, working from home till January. So back when we knew we were working at home through September, we decided to amp up our basement plans. We had planned, we always kind of wanted to redo the basement, but sort of thought it would be years from now, but, um, so Will pulled out all of the ceiling tiles. Did I, I don't even remember like what exactly I described to you. I feel like you did. So it has a full bathroom downstairs, but, and it was sort of Will's art room. I kind of did it, gave it a little zhuzh back in January that I think I told you all about. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so long story short, he ripped out all the, the drop ceiling, um, because we wanted to just explode, expose the floor joists of our, you know, current, you know, like our top floor. And it's just this really beautiful wood. Anyways, it looked great. The only problem is that there was probably about an 18-inch gap in the drywall. The right. drywall ended at the drop ceiling. So when he pulled out the drop ceiling, it exposed like right. the rest of the basement. Anyways, Will wanted to do it himself. I was like, that seems Daunting. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we had a drywall guy come. He did it. It looks amazing. I'm so excited because it it honestly shocked me how different the room looks just pulling out that drop ceiling and having the wood on top. Like, it's just so cool now. That's great. Um, That's a great idea. Anyway, so I'm really excited. The one thing now is I'm going to have to pay. I'm so I told Will because we did our patio this year. And anyways, we've been taking a lot of projects. I told him that I would paint it. So I I have no problem painting. I'm a little nervous about there's like a staircase and a railing and door jams. (laughs) And so there's it's going to be a big, big task. So that is my trial because it's going to be a few weekends. (laughs) It's going to. Well, yeah. And I think I'm just going to have to do it like a couple hours every night. Don't forget the paintbrush tip. So you don't have to yes. wash your brush. And I've done that time. before yeah. and it is great. That's it's a helpful. good tip. Yeah. And you can even do it with a roller because I, I do yes, that with rollers I've done it with too. a roller too. Yes. Um, anyway, so I'm going to buy the paint this weekend and uh, get to work. And so I'm sure. 
Oh, no, yeah. I'm painting it dark green. Ooh, basement. I didn't know you were going dark yes. green. I didn't either. So I really love our kitchen cabinet color. And, um, you know, this is going to be Will's like art room. He kind of, it's not, I hate the word man cave because I'm going to use it too. And it eventually will have a work from home space. Although I, I will tell you now that I will probably finish it late November. So I'll use it for like one month because <laughs> it's just going to be, you know, we're trying to do as much of it as we can ourselves, but, but anyways, but I wanted to have, yes, it is cavish. There's only one going dark. source of natural light and it's, a, it's the top of a door. So it's only like half a door anyway. So, um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to go like kind of a library feel like very handsome kind of vibe to it. So yeah, we're going to do dark green. I haven't tested, um, the color yet. But, um, and the other thing I'm going to do, sort of like what you did actually, Karen, with your Ikea cabinets. Ikea has a green cabinet, like Mm -hmm. lacquered cabinet door. And that's what we're going to do, um, for our cabinetry. And so I'm kind of vibing off that. That's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, so more to come on that. Um, but Lots of progress. That's super being made, fun. So you're it's good you're stuff. at a good point in your house for this uh, quarantine. You know what I mean? That's like true. You, there's a lot of projects still to do mm-hmm. and exciting things to do around. It is funny that being in this house and now that we're you know moving on, it is funny that I don't have as many for you guys right now of like around this house because it's kind of like <laughs> tell us like more. Making all your plans for your okay. new house. Yeah. Yes. Next next trials and triumphs. Will you tell us more about sure. your Yes, I will. Your plans. Yeah, I can fill okay. you in. Give and us an update because we want to. I think that will help people who are building houses or whatever to kind of walk through it with you as you go your struggles. You know, I wonder if we yeah. can all hold hands. <laughs> yes, yeah. we can. It's a lot of decisions to yes. make. That's, we'll hold your hand. Uh, yeah, I, you guys are going to pretty much be on call for all my decisions. Good. I hope you all are aware of that, right? Yes. <laughs> Um, I love helping other people with their decisions. It's like getting to do all the fun part without yes, actually having right. to put the bill. Yeah. So I'm good with it. Okay. So speaking of painting, I'm irritated with myself, you guys, because I live in a 1920s bungalow. And how many years ago we renovated, we added a second story and redid the kitchen, blah, 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 blah. And in doing that, I would say... of all of our doors were off while they renovated off the hinges, you know, down, Oh, you know, taken down and blah, blah, blah. blah. Right, right, right. And I didn't take that opportunity to take down all the hinges, take off all the doorknobs and get all the paint off. You know, I've got all these beautiful brass hinges, you know, Mm -hmm. those cut crystal Mm -hmm. doorknobs with brass hardware. And they're all covered in paint and it makes me crazy. But now it's such a daunting idea to take them down and mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix them on the door, you know, when they're already up. Is that even possible? What would I have to do? Mm, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I like just this morning I was looking at the doorknob in my bathroom and I'm like, what? why? Why didn't I do that? So y'all, if you're doing anything mm-hmm. like that in your house and you have an old house, take the opportunity yeah, I mean, that sounds dumb, but it's one of those things when you walk in a house that has really beautiful, shiny brass hardware, you know, the old kind that's gorgeous and you notice it. And you're like, man, that's beautiful. Mine's all covered up with paint. Also, I will say that I think your house, like you, the level of renovation you did from anyone visiting, it just looks so like it's very integrated. 
Well, no, no, I was just going to say like, it looks so clean and new, like not new, but like it looks all done. So I think probably because all of the other finishes and surfaces and everything are really on Mm -hmm. point, it probably makes you especially, maybe not other people um, visiting, but notice even more the areas that like a doorknob Mm -hmm. where you're like, this doesn't look because everything else is like, you know, I'm a nitpicker. Okay, look, I'm a nitpicker. And you're home right now, so it makes nitpicking even easier. Yeah. The other thing that's happening in my house, I just have two trials, okay? Um, Is that the wheelchair bound kid is (laughs) banging up all my walls, and I just had it painted. Remember, I just had my hallway and my family room painted. And um, I mean, it's not bad, but Joe and I the other day, we. We got, we had gone to the lake for the weekend and we came home and Zach had been here and my basement, you know, is very dark and the walls and the stairwell to the basement are matte, kind of charcoal gray. Mm-hmm. And so we got home and Joe was going down the basement. He's like, what happened to all the walls in the stairwell? I was like, what are you talking about? So we went in the stairwell and both sides looks like some, look like someone had just kind of like Scuffed them all the way down, both sides. Oh my gosh. And so I said, Zach, what what happened? And he said, oh, I scooted on my butt all the way down the stairs. I wanted to go down in the basement and hang out. Um, so oh I did, gosh. And he's like, but I didn't put my hands on the wall. I used my cast. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you cast. So he basically just scrubbed the walls uh, down <laughs> with his cast. Karen. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Okay. It's just paint. I have a question for you. So Taryn and I just got a box that you will be Mm -hmm. receiving. It had a bunch of books in it of guests we're about to have on the show. And in that box came some really great, um, (laughs) like, plastic-filled air. Yeah. I was wondering where you were going. Plastic-filled air pillows, I think. Yeah, like air pillows. So, okay, what if you duct tape all of those things? Well, I was going to say the... Like specifically the wheelchair or like, can you put a towel? Like, is there some way that you can like create a buffer? I think the damage is done. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to have, I'm just going to have to fix it when he's finished. Hopefully soon. <laughs> and he's getting better at navigating. Sorry, that really to, to be stinks. honest, you know, when you first get in a wheelchair, it, you don't know what you're doing. Is it an indentation or is it just scuffing? Just scuffing. Is there like an indentation? Okay. So you could just go up just there a with a, a little paintbrush yeah. and touch it up. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I have my paint chart, which I tell everyone to make an Excel spreadsheet of all your paints so you know what mm-hmm. they are. That is smart. Mm-hmm. Good idea. All right. It's very wise. Thank you. Mm. So yes. how much longer does he have? In- okay. So I think another month. I think until, um, uh, I don't know, Yikes. late September. Poor guy. Yeah. Well. And I just having cast Poor in the summer mom. is. But you guys, mm-hmm. I, I I might have said this when I told you he came home, but it has been such to me such a a joy to have both of my sons here. I haven't had that for I don't know seven years or something. Um, living here and seeing them as adults together and all that, and I know it'll never happen again, probably you know forever. So um, it's been nice to have them and have that. That's really is Robin still time. here? Yes. Robin's still here. Zach's girlfriend. I love her. That's nice. Speaking of cats. Okay. I swear we're going to finish and then we'll get to our guests. But speaking of cast, how is Elliot's 
Like he's good. He's back 100%. up and running. Yeah, it took almost no time at all. Good. Yeah, I mean, I don't even. I would not even have known at this point. So thank so you for resilient. asking. Kids are so that's good. Are at least, it, at least, like you can just pretend that whole six weeks didn't exist. Oh, hundred percent. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay, so our guest tonight is Carmian Hamilton. She is the interior designer behind Newbie Interiors in Memphis. And she also has an amazing blog, which we I know Taryn and I really dug into. So we have lots of questions for you about that. Um, you had you went to a school for interior design, but you actually worked in um retail merchandising for a long time. So yes. um and then just last fall left that to pursue your interior design business full time. Yes. And your work has been featured in House and Home, Business of Home, Real Simple. And um, we are so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we loved every, we kind of devoured up your blog and stuff. So it was was really fun to like dig deep into your stuff. So I want to hear about kind of how it all started for you. Like how did you pick interiors and then, you know, starting in retail? Oh gosh, um, it's a quite a uh, compelling story. <laughs> so I actually <laughs> went to college and selected the college that I went to for physical therapy. I thought I was going to be a physical therapist and the school that I chose, the University of Central Arkansas had a really awesome PT program and they gave me a full scholarship. So I said, that's where I'm going. And two years in, I said, this sucks. I hate science. I hate chemistry, biology, anatomy, every single bit of it. And at the time became a resident assistant and one of my fellow RAs and now best friend, she walked into my dorm room after I finished setting it up and was like, oh my God, what are you doing with your life? You should really check out the interior design program here. And at the time, our school had just got its accreditation like a year before, maybe something like that. So it was a brand new program. I checked it out and changed my major like the next day. And it <laughs> was history after that. I graduated early, finished school in three and a half years instead of four. Uh, went straight into my career as a junior designer for a healthcare company um, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And it was the best first job ever you could dream up um, I got to travel the country since that company owned like 300 healthcare facilities, like nursing homes and hospitals and physical therapy clinics. I got to hit like 42 states going to these facilities and redesigning all of their uh, or specifying for all of their renovations, working with project managers and architects. So I got to see every facet of the industry just from that one job. And I got to be there for four and a half years, and it was amazing. Wow. So I bet that, like, because the one thing that I noticed when you were talking about some of the renovations um, to your house that you're working on is you have such an understanding of the construction element. Is that where that came from? 
Absolutely. Yes. So in developing those scopes for those particular projects, I was attached to a project manager who was heavy, had a background either heavy in architecture or construction and project management. And so I learned as much as I possibly could from those professionals, but also just standing back and listening and understanding what they needed from interior designers to make a project work, Um, but also being involved in understanding what a building needed before you could make it pretty. Um, So yeah, that, that is exactly where my construction knowledge has come from. Like it is probably the most important aspect of my job, being able to steer clients in the right direction before we start picking out fabrics and paint colors, like letting them know, no, this is not possible. You should get an architect involved. You should get an engineer (laughs) involved. This is not anything I can draw up for you. This is far beyond my scope and my expertise and anything that my contract covers. (laughs) (laughs) You should definitely get someone who is construction savvy involved because I do know what can happen in those instances, but yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, you know what I just forgot to mention in my intro? You have a book. You have a book. Um, it's called Newbie's Plant Parenting Guide. I do, I was, yes. <laughs> and that just I just saw that in my notes. I'm like, oh, darn. Oh, my gosh. That in my no, intro. you can't start on plants because I have so many questions. No, you can't start there yet. I'm not there yet. Well, uh, my background in healthcare helped segue into my love for plants. What? No, explain well. that. Yeah. What is so, <laughs> so the facilities that I designed were almost majority for aged clients, the people that were elderly, people that suffered from dementia, um, people under hospice care or assisted living. So they were for people typically in the latter phase of their life. And Mm -hmm. um, that job helped me understand how important our environments were to our wellness. So there's a difference between a drywalled wall with a soothing paint color versus a center block wall that's painted white. Um, There's a totally different feeling if you're surrounded by four walls, what those walls look like and how we're affected by those walls and how we see ourselves and how we treat other people, like all of those things are truly affected by the environments that we're in. And not only that, but also understanding when you bring life into a space, how people change and how their viewpoints change and how their moods change. It's just like bringing flowers into a space, plants have the same exact effect, but they last a lot longer. Um, But yes, plants just add a a shot of dopamine in the brain um, (laughs) when you're in a space, so they just make you happier. Um, They they were one of my major questions, but that's why I was like, hold on. I wanted to start (laughs) back (laughs) because, um, well, I just love your your style. And I wanted to talk about kind of where did it come from? Um, Like growing up or like, where did you kind of find this groovy look that you have? You know, I, I can't say it was growing up. Like the house I grew up in, my mom completely decorated every single room. I mean, up until 
the room that I left when I graduated high school, like it was all her. I think in maybe 10th grade, she let me invite one of my artist friends over to paint something on my walls, like create a mural. We were too busy talking to each other, though. We never finished it. So I just had a half finished mural in my room. But I don't think it was until I found, till I moved to Fort Smith and got my first apartment um, when I was responsible for purchasing furniture. You know, being in a dorm, you work with what you have. Um, I was very, even then, um, aware of the center block walls that were my dorm room and what I could do to this space to make it feel like less of a insane asylum. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I got my first apartment and I found, like I purchased my first set of furniture and it was a sofa and a love seat and I cringe about it to this day. <laughs> oh, um, were they matching? Matching. What did they yes. yeah. What material? Hunter green yes. and and uh burgundy chenille. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah, like total early two thousands get a full set for four hundred dollars. Like that nice. type of <laughs> furniture. But to I knew I didn't like anything else in that store. Like I was okay with that furniture set and I found a vintage store very close to my apartment and stumbled across a Broyhill Brasilia credenza and it was like $200. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a lot or a little bit, but this piece looks really cool and I want it. And that was the first piece of vintage furniture I purchased. (laughs) And it is still with me to this day. Our TV sits on it in our living room. But my love for mid-century started then and I knew I loved it. There was something about the clean lines that spoke to me and it seemed to go with every single style that I put with it as my style has changed over, you know, 15, the last 15 years. My love for mid-century and modern clean line pieces has always remained the same. But as I've gotten older and one becoming more culturally aware of who I am and my ancestry, uh, connecting black to interiors. So the color black and then also African and cultural references. So you'll see a lot of that in, especially in my home, um, things that feel very textural and layered and I mean, the plants, of course, are also kind of like uh, a very, a huge signature for my designs, but um, it's just morphed in as I've grown into who I am as a person. Yeah. Oh, it's so I love, um, I love following your house um, evolution on your blog, and Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk about your home office that you're sitting in right now. Yes. Because clearly a very timely topic. Absolutely. I'm sure many people (laughs) are thinking about their home office right now. And the thing that just made me cackle about the story that you told on there was you were talking about how you created this whole design plan of what you wanted and you had the layout and you had the, you know, collage Mm -hmm. and then you show it to your husband and he's like, yeah, this looks great. But like, I also wanted to have this, 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 and this. Yes. Wait a minute. Mm, Wait a minute. (laughs) Darn. You're not supposed to. I hate when you make sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Because that's so something that my husband and I do. And so that's why it just made me laugh because that's, you know, married life. 
you know, of, you have to listen to other people. Well, I was completely shocked because he says absolutely nothing else about any room that I've ever done. I did our whole master suite. I asked for his opinion, but of course I just made every single one on my own. Like <laughs> the only thing I had to include was blackout drapes. So it was completely pitch black when he was ready to go to sleep. Amen. Other than that, mm-hmm. I, I was perfectly fine. But the office, I thought it was gonna be the same way, but you know, we started designing or talking about this space way before COVID hit. And, mm-hmm. but around the same time my business had picked up and things just pushed it off. And then COVID hit and I was like, I absolutely need somewhere to do my work. I can't sit at the dining table anymore. I can't sit at the sofa anymore. I also had a back injury. So every other position mm-hmm. in the house hurt to work from. So we had even more of an, an emergency to get the office done. But I'm sitting thinking I'm designing an office for me and turns out I'm having to design an office for three people to do work at any given time. Me doing my design work and my husband who's working from home due to COVID who actually worked from home almost half the time anyway, either preparing for presentations or whatever. And now my son who's working from home, (laughs) uh, he's out of school right now for the summer, but he had to do his homework and schoolwork here. So my little design had to go out of the window and I basically (laughs) had to develop a co-working space that functioned for three different types of work. And I'm so happy with how it turned out. Can you share like what were some of the changes you made to accommodate your husband and and your son that you probably wouldn't have, but that are good to know because we're all trying to accommodate you know, oh yeah, absolutely. So or, originally, I was like, okay, I could do a cool vintage desk or a dining table because I needed space to spread out. That's one good thing I didn't have to retract. I knew I needed space to spread out all of my samples and floor plans and all the things that come with specifying for a project. Um, but when my husband and son needed space, I knew one we would have a lot more electronics on top of this table. Like everybody has a laptop, everybody's got phone chargers and headphones and all types of things. So we had to make accommodations for a lot of electrical. And the original layout that I had, I would have been perfectly fine with an extension cord hooked up to my laptop and I could just put it up and put it away. But the new requirements like everybody needed to be plugged in all at the same time so i knew our workspace had to have integrated outlets and since i injured my back i wanted a space that i could stand up in so i needed a standing height desk but also all of these things had to flow with the rest of our house like yes we're going to have integrated outlets and a standing desk that's probably going to be commercial grade but how do i make it flow with my living room that I just painted with our sectional and all of my plants. And so finding leather bar stools with a brass base and really unique lighting that still gives us the task lighting that we need, but it's almost an art piece when you look in here and making sure anything that's displayed is beautiful. So my samples, like everything about interior design can be beautiful. So all of my samples are out on display. So they act as artwork in here. But if I'm not working on a project, the samples that I keep 
up are ones that flow with the rest of the color scheme of our house, which is typically black. So, <laughs> um, And then my husband figured since we would be, or since we're creating this space, another great option to have would be an additional TV. Like this is a, it's open to our living space. And I was like, we don't need another TV in this area. Um, but he was like, think about it. If you're ever, you know, hosting a client, you can do your presentations up there. So it is a smart TV where I can share my screen with my laptop and talk to anyone who's sitting here and they can see everything that I'm trying to display on my laptop. And when we're not using it as an office, the guys can sit over here and watch boxing or football or whatever, while all of my friends could sit in the living area and listen <laughs> to music or whatever. So it's now a dual space where we work here in the daytime and play here at night. I loved that you, um, cause yeah, you mentioned that I can't remember what I, you said something about like, yeah, having, you know, people like I can imagine sitting around having wine at the, <sighs> it's basically a countertop. Yes, it is. It's, it's like an Island. It's like yeah. a, a lot of people thought it was an island unless until they see the full video of the tour of the room. They're like, is that a kitchen? I've had people ask me, is it a coffee bar? Like, yeah. No, it's the middle of my living room. Thank you. But yes, it's a standing height. The desks are about 42, I think they're 42 inches high. So they're standing height um, where I can stand and work and type on my laptop or spread out samples and everything is the perfect height. Um, or I can sit in a bar stool and it's still a perfect height for me to do work. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was um, really fun to imagine, you know, ha like you said, having girlfriends over and um, or, you know, couples and then everyone kind of being able to. It's it's really the, con the, the concept of like your living dining room. It's just yours yes. happens to function as an office. As an office as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so we eat here. We actually, we had friends over, really close friends that we trust when <laughs> we knew where everyone was going so we could invite them over during oh. COVID. Um, but yeah, we had friends over and this was the main spot. Like everybody just stopped here. No one made it to the kitchen. They come through the front door and they just stop here. So it has already like served its purpose and what we thought it would be as a huge entertaining space as well. Like we can see eight here when our dining table can only sit, seat six. So mm -hmm. it's even it's even better. It's also just a, a nice reminder to people that they can design a fully functioning office without it having to look office-y, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit of work. It does. Mm -hmm. It took a while. Once my husband ran down his requirements, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> how am I going to find a desk that looks good that I can put pop-up outlets in and stand at and it still looks like something I would put beside my vintage credenza that's 50 years old like it it was difficult but thanks to being a designer i had some vision and kind of knew how to niche down to know where to look for these types of things yeah. i would have everyone check it out because your space looks so good it's so layered yeah. Thank you. and lovely and I, yes. And I think everyone, especially people with kids and, you know, two parents working from home right now would be so 
envious. <laughs> I know I am. I am too. I'm like, can I change my like dining room to be like much cooler and double use? No, it's such a great idea. And I think we all need it right now. It's, the other it's thing super I, helpful. The other thing I really liked about your home is all of the um, and it's funny because you mentioned the mural you did when you were in high school, but you have a bunch of hand-painted murals around your house. How uh, That's such a gutsy move. And <laughs> like, do you just get yourself a glass of wine and go up there and paint or? That's, that's basically what happens. It, I mean, it's a gutsy move that comes like out of necessity. You know, you're creative and you need an outlet and you want things to look a certain way, you can't afford it. So a lot, my very first mural was inspired by some wallpaper that I wanted and it was just ridiculously expensive, like $400 a roll. And I'm like, no way. And that's before you install it, pay Mm -hmm. someone to install it. So I'm like, okay, I love everything about this paper, but how can I get the look for less? Like Mm -hmm. that's always the game. Um, So, I figured I'd just paint it. And if it sucked, I could paint over it. I just That's true. <laughs> paint it again if I messed it up. So it turned out so well that, I mean, I, I just kept doing it everywhere that I thought I'd want wallpaper. So my entryway is Oh, it's so good. Thank you. And my laundry room is hand-painted. I love my, the laundry room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's. The, the chartreuse cabinets are a favorite. Uh, 100%. Y'all check it out. It is such a happy little space. I was like, I do laundry in there too. Yeah, I have no problems doing laundry in there. Um, and then the latest one was my dining room. I did the wall in our dining space. And that one uh, has really caught on Um, And it's quite popular, especially (laughs) on social media. I've had so many people recreate it and tag me in it and are so excited that it was so easy and they had never thought to do something like this or would never go this bold. But they took the plunge because I tell people like the worst you could do is mess it up and just have to paint over it. Like it's, right. it, it's fine. Um, Girl, you kept but... straight lines doing that. <laughs> it was actually really impressive. Mine Did you have like a laser up, level? Yeah. Mine would have ended up and, sideways. Like it would have... not tear. Taryn is a painter. Don't let her fool you. No, it oh still would have been sideways. I was, I'm impressed. But yeah, no, no levels, no Girl, guidelines, nothing. It. I just hmm. went for it. It's so good. Yeah. I loved it. And I typically am not a big accent wall person, but they Me neither. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. But it, yeah. To, I feel like it's just such a tell us like when does one use it, you know, the accent wall? Yes. In a way so that's not cheesy. For me, like so accent walls are kind of I always say they're for the people that are too chicken to go for it. Like if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Don't do, don't chicken out and do one wall, your fun color, even though it's gray, like just go for all of it. Um, But in our dining space, like it's connected, it's open to our kitchen and the laundry space and the entryway. And I knew I didn't want to paint our whole kitchen black, um, but I wanted this black, an intense wall in our dining room, especially from the view of the kitchen. 
if you're in the kitchen, it's like the only wall you can see. Everything else is covered in cabinets and I can't see anything else. So I knew that particular wall would be the perfect candidate for an accent since it was kind of contained and I didn't have to carry uh, the pattern any further um, and everything else was still safe per se. Like I knew I could take a risk um, on that one particular wall since it didn't affect anything else. Well, it's smart. But, it's so smart too because you have the one black wall with your pattern, but then you did all the black trim coming out from it and you have black cabinets. Yes. So it, the, yes. the thread runs. So it's not just like exactly wall. It's not a solo nothing else yes. right. situation. Yes. And that's another thing. Accent walls can be weird if they're just a single solitary thing in that space. So yes, mm-hmm. my my wall accent wall is black, but the trim is black. The doors to our laundry closet are black. Well, all the trim and doors in our house is black. So that's another reason why I was okay with committing to just one wall since our base cabinets are black. It tied in really well everywhere else. It didn't seem like a black hole if you stood in the space. What about a ceiling? Because you painted your ceiling dark in your bedroom and I loved that. Yes. I so, love Love it. So that that for me, painting a ceiling is a lot more interesting than painting one wall of a space. So mm-hmm. if you're going to if you want to paint an accent wall, that accent wall should be your ceiling. That should mm-hmm. um, just painting the ceiling is it brings in a level of interest that you can't get from an accent wall. It's completely dramatic and interesting. And I mean, if you're gonna paint, you can paint it or do wallpaper or a really cool trim situation. So I think that's the space to play if you're, Mm -hmm. you know, questionable or chicken, (laughs) (laughs) play with the ceiling. That's Mm -hmm. a fun tip too. Yeah. Well, I, it was funny because when I was looking through your, um, like the bedroom, your bedroom posts, cause you totally remade, remade your, um, or redecorated your bedroom, I guess last, was it last fall or yes. early this year? Yeah. Um, I saw the before picture and I initially thought it was the after picture. I was like, whoa, <laughs> the before is so cute. I, I like the before. Um, but walk us through that whole thing because you had this amazing, um, sort of wood, panel the the accent yes yeah so that's another thing when it comes to accents but so the before of our bedroom um I knew immediately moving into the into this house there was only one like single lonely window in the room and it didn't get a lot of natural light and I didn't want to fight with the non-natural light that was coming in like trying Mm -hmm. to paint the walls white to make it brighter so I really dug in especially you know I told you my husband likes it completely pitch black at night (laughs) so I went for it and painted the walls Jasper Sharon Williams Jasper a really deep deep green I knew I wanted some tint of color instead of just black Um, and of course my love of plants came into play so (laughs) let's go green so I, I loved it, but in changing and going through the renovation, um, I was a featured designer in the One Room Challenge. And I, since it was gonna have so much publicity behind it, I really wanted the before and after to be 
truly polarizing. So it's the mm-hmm. first time I had ever painted walls white ever in my whole design career <laughs> ever in life. Um, white is typically a color I stay away from, but I wanted to go white because I knew um, the green tile in our master bathroom was mm-hmm. the, the jumping off point for everything. So pretty. And I wanted to bring that color into the bedroom somehow. So I went for the ceiling. So I knew our ceiling used to be white. It was popcorn, but it was white and the walls were green. So I said, let me reverse it. And the wood accent behind our headboard, um, I thought about doing like a wainscoting. I knew I didn't want to do a full accent wall, Mm -hmm. but instead of doing like a wainscoting detail, I decided to pull the design away from the ceiling and the walls and the floor and make it more of a piece of art. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a big, huge, like 12 foot by five foot accent on the wall that looks more like a piece of art, but it's really just the wall painted green with green one by ones nailed to it. So looks it's super looks, simple but so dramatic. Oh yeah. And interesting and, so and textural and yes, high end, but super inexpensive mm-hmm. and easy so cool. to do. Okay, I was also totally blown away by I have talked about this on the on the podcast before, but I love a medicine cabinet. And they are not <laughs> she does. Everybody popular. knows. They are not. They are, I wish they were so they were more readily available in more places. They are hard. And when you find good ones, they're super expensive. They're crazy expensive. Yeah. You had the most genius idea. Can you describe it to everyone? <laughs> I can, yes. And I wish it were my idea. I actually got it from DeBito, who's another designer slash blogger out on the West Coast. Um, I saw his, I'm pretty sure it was a one room challenge too, from maybe a few years ago. And I was like, okay, genius idea. And I remembered it when we started to work on our bathroom um, because I found some medicine cabinets that I loved and they were from a well-known brand, but they were over a thousand dollars a piece. And I was like, this is not happening at all. I can't afford this. (laughs) how do I get the same functionality? Because a lot of the design decisions I made, we went with a narrower vanity or shallower vanity so that we would have more room to actually stand in the bathroom together and move around and access the closet. Mm-hmm. And um, we went with a larger vessel sink. So all of our counter space where all of our older, not older, but our toiletries and toothbrush, everything used to live, I wanted to make sure they did not sit on the counter anymore because one, I almost eliminated all of our counter space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just didn't want to see toothbrushes and toothpaste and cologne. Yes, all of those things. (laughs) So I tried to figure out a way to conceal them and behind a mirror in a medicine-like cabinet was the solution. And what we did was instead of building an actual or buying an actual cabinet, we built out space in between the studs above where the vanity was gonna go. So I had my contractors frame out the holes um, in between the studs. One space, since it's our wet wall, one space is double deep. Instead of four inches deep, it's eight inches deep. 
Um, that's if you know plumbing and wet walls and all that other stuff. <laughs> that's, prob- um, that's probably the language that um, yeah. filled me in on your construction savviness. <laughs> yep, wet walls. Um, that's the wall that has all of your plumbing in it um, in your house, especially if you have bathrooms back to back things like that so yes um so they framed it out and i had them drywall it and paint it the same color of the wall and we hung mirrors on the wall on the outside so when you open the mirrors you had access to these niches that Mm -hmm. were framed out into the wall and i had my contractor put in little shelves to store things on so Everything that used to sit on top of the counter is now concealed behind our really awesome mirrors in the wall. Mm-hmm. That is cool. It's essentially the same concept as a shower niece. I just never occurred yes. to me that <laughs> it's you exactly could, the same. <laughs> I just never thought that I could just do that on its own and on I didn't have to wall. buy the actual <laughs> box. You know? Well, how did you hinge the mirror? So there's the a whole mirrors, tutorial. Oh, okay. okay. I missed yeah, that one. A lot, <laughs> okay. But when it. I had them frame out the boxes, I had them put blocking in mm-hmm. between where each box would go mm-hmm. so that we could mount yeah. heavy mirrors. So we just put hinges on the mirror. We actually put plywood on the back of the mm-hmm. mirror so we could drill hinges into them so and attached it to the blocking in the wall. So they both swing. <sighs> so smart. On the blocking portion of the, <laughs> of the wall, so yeah, oh, you it know, took a lot of maneuvering and engineering. But thanks to my construction knowledge, I knew exactly how to explain it to them. <laughs> well, I need, to, I, I need crazy. to pull off something. Yeah, you like, do. I I found out um, basically in my daughter's room there was a medicine cabinet. Um, so there's a hole in the wall, but I guess the it's previous her people bedroom? just covered it with no, no. I'm sorry, did I say bedroom? Her bathroom. You just um, said daughter's room. Oh, I, sorry. Her, my daughter's bathroom. I went to her bedroom <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that's weird. <laughs> no. There was a medicine cabinet, which clearly had been removed. Okay. But, and they just put a, you know, regular, regular mirror. mirror. But I'm just thinking, is it going to be really hard to find the exact dims of a medicine cabinet that's going to fit in that little hole? So that this might be an amazing solution to that. This could work. Okay. I love that. I'm gonna let y'all know. I yes, yeah, stay tuned. I am I do not have the construction savvy, but maybe my husband. Well, does. <laughs> the blog my blog. She post told you exactly how to do it. Pretty Ooh. extensive details and some really yes. nice person that I don't know just left the most extensive comment on that blog post. Apparently they're in construction and they told me everything that I did wrong and could have done. Um, so oh, yeah, check okay. out the blog post to okay. see how they would have corrected every so single thing. So you can decide. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. What I love, so I left yours it is up. still, yours is still up there. They're hanging on. They close. They, they open. Still there. Well, a good like nine months later. I will still say going. it allows you like put the cost aside too. It allows you to pick whatever mirror you want. Yes, and that you can customize the like, size and pick the mirror. That part to me is like the super bonus is you're like, I'm not like trapped into like, you know, just a chrome frame one. I can have anything I want. Like what? Anything you want. Yeah. I will say that I have seen, I don't know how they pulled it off, but I have seen, um, I went to a Southern Living Idea house a couple years ago. It was one in Birmingham and the designer Lauren Lease um, did this with a medicine cabinet and I don't know how she actually had a Ballard mirror that she had 
somehow mounted. I, I'm not exactly sure how she did it. But anyway, so I have heard of people doing it with the actual existing box from Mm. Oh, you know, from, a from a medicine cabinet. Yeah. Right. It's, it's but, like the box that you can buy for your niches for your shower. Mm-hmm. They make them right. pre existing. Yeah. I didn't know that so, either. Gosh. The only Sorry, thing I, I would mean- suggest is we didn't get to do it because of how I had them frame it. And I didn't like the idea of how it would have looked after the fact is making sure you put your outlet in, in the niche. Um, yes. And the person oh. that left the comment. Yeah, totally was like, you absolutely could have, even though, no, we couldn't have without it looking any, without it looking weird. But yes, put your, put an outlet in it so you can charge your toothbrush and your, all your things inside. So smart. I love it. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to take up like 20 minutes talking about a medicine cabinet, but I was very excited Uh, about it. Obviously, it's a a huge tip and trick. Yes. Who doesn't want to know that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody's in. Everybody just wrote that down and just visited her website. Like, that's how that just went. Um, I well, have to talk about plants now. Like, I want to yes, talk about I was about to say that, too. It's, it's like, time. Let's get to the plants. Let's uh, go. Oh, my gosh. I have to find what you call yourself. Plant enthusiast or plant mama? Hold on. Both. Both. <laughs> plant parent, plant mama, oh, plant enthusiast, okay. all things. So you got into it when you were working at first, but... Your home is like so great of a jungle and I need to know how are you keeping these all alive? What's the best ones to purchase and how do we get that look? Yes. So I started, um, it was actually a memory of my mom. I remembered one day, like randomly when we moved into our apartment eight years ago, uh, being at home and all of her pothos plants all like all over the kitchen and she would have them vining over the doorways and all on the, the, what are the baker's racks? Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, pothos, Mm -hmm. P-O-T-H-O-S. So when it comes to suggesting plants, pothos is the main one that I suggest for beginners, enthusiasts, professionals, like whomever. They are some of the most beautiful plants. They are super easy to take care of. They can be super tiny or huge and dramatic and they vine so you can hang them or put them on a bookshelf or put them on your coffee table. They go everywhere and will look perfect in any setting. Um, So I have 55 plants right now and it's actually, I've given a lot away. I started to give some away when we started the renovation in our uh, bedroom and bathroom because we had to completely move out and like things had to shift. So I gave a few away. <laughs> um, but all the ones I have are super easy to take care of. And my trick that I tell people is if you want a lot of plants or that look of a lot of plants, just purchase the same type of plant over and over and over again. So I have a ton. I think I have like 10 or 15 pothos plants and 10 snake plants. So those are the two that are repeated most often. And then you fill in with different varieties of snake plants and different varieties of pothos plants. And once you have an understanding of how those plants perform, then you bring in more plants that have those same, you know, needs. So if mm-hmm. you if your pothos like is water. good, yeah, light and okay. water. And so it gets easy 
and easier to take care of them. They all, almost all of them have the same watering needs. They all get watered at the same time. Um, they <laughs> How all long does it take you to water? Oh, you're 55. <laughs> um, Is that like an I, hour long? It's probably more like 30 minutes. I have a two gallon like watering mm-hmm. can. So I can knock out a majority <laughs> of the plants in that two gallon watering can. Um, I have three three or four really big plants that need like a gallon on their own. So I only have to refill it for those. But, you know, they're all nestled together. That's another thing. They're not mm-hmm. completely spread out. So I create pockets of plants where I group, you know, three or four or five of them together so that I have access to all of them and can water them pretty quickly. And they thrive off of each other. Like they all release oxygen and absorb carbon dioxide and they create their own humidity and all these other things. So mm. they like being together. So yeah, that's another helpful tip is grouping them together. Um, it probably makes it easier too that you don't forget about them because that's what yes. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Putting them in obscure places can definitely cause uh, forgetfulness. <laughs> So you're just talking with the 55 house plants, like inside plants. Inside, yes. How do you do with outside plants? I don't. I don't have (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't deal with outside at all. I'm actually in the middle of a patio refresh. Um, My husband and I ripped up all of our landscaping right at the Mm -hmm. beginning of COVID because I hated it. Like, our house is very mid-century modern and we had things like hydrangeas and hostas out there and it just doesn't match the house so um some of our neighbors came and got the hydrangeas and someone else came and got the hostas but i wanted to start from scratch and it's been empty and bare for probably two months now so we're those neighbors (laughs) (laughs) at this point but when we do you know get to the landscaping portion It'll be very similar to what I have going on inside of our house. Things that are happy where they are, lots of the same type of plant, things that are really simple, mm-hmm. things I don't have to worry about taking care of, like hydrangeas and clipping and all this. Like, no, just I <laughs> I just don't do outside, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's actually what I keep telling people currently with the heat, too. I'm just like, I don't do outside. <laughs> not a place I go. See, I feel the opposite. I feel like I, but this is a watering issue for me. I forget to water. And at least I know with my exterior plants, they don't have to rely on me for water. (laughs) You know, like. There are things like that for indoor (laughs) plants as well. Things like watering globes. And you can always set a reminder in your phone every two weeks to water your plants. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not as hard as <laughs> people think. And most plants will tell you when they're thirsty. They'll start to wilt and, and mm-hmm. they'll perk back up with some water. So it's not difficult. <laughs> they are more like a pet. You know, you <laughs> have to remember say, when you go out of town, there's some things that are alive. Do you have to have someone come and water your plants? No, I just water them before we leave. And I know I'm never gone long enough for them to die. Like it takes a really long time for plants to die. Like Mm -hmm. you have to not water them for months for them to completely die. And even then some of them are dead. (laughs) Did you hear that? Really long months. They can survive. Even when some lose all of their leaves, they still aren't dead. 
Um, so that's it's another thing. Like a lot of a lot of people think they're dead or will throw plants away as soon as they start to wilt or mm-hmm. they have a leaf that turns brown. But no, as long as there's still life pumping in the rest of it, they're still alive. They're pretty resilient. So no, they don't need special care. They just get watered when I get back. Talk to me about picking the right planter for mm. your, or container, I guess, for your yes. plant. So coming from a designer, aesthetics is always like number one for mm-hmm. me. It has to be pretty and it has to go with everything else that's happening wherever this plant is going. Um, but I always, always keep the plant in the nursery pot that you buy it in. So you leave it in the pot um, and you put the entire plant and that pot inside of any container that you purchase. That way um, it's always got proper drainage and all of that good stuff. So I, no matter what, even when you have to repot it, just repot it in a larger growing pot, the little plastic pot with the holes in the bottom. But picking a, a pretty pot, you can pretty much use any container you want, whether it has drainage holes or not, as long as it can drain out of that grow pot that it's in. So if you have a bigger pot, you can put little gravel or something in the bottom of it so it's not sitting in the water. But you can pretty much use any pot you want as long as you keep the plant in the growing container. Is there like a sort of um, proportions that you keep in mind when you are picking a plant to, you know, like if your plant has like like if it's tree like or if it's bushy yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> um not necessarily when i'm picking them when i arrange them that matters more okay. um so i'm i usually look for linear taller linear things to go beside console tables or in corners or something like that mm-hmm. and coffee tables i'd look for something bushier so it's not standing up and affecting our view of the tv so it just depends on where they're going but okay not necessarily. I, I pick it typically for the plant, not necessarily the shape. All right. I got some great pots. Mm. <laughs> do you have a cool watering can? Um, I do. It's a little one um, where I water the little ones. My big one is like industrial, like yeah. you work in the garden center at Home Depot type <laughs> of gar- watering can. <laughs> Um, but yes, I have I have a little cute one from Bloomist and another cute one from IKEA, but they're strictly for watering the little ones that I can't pick up the two gallon one to get to. All right, right. <laughs> so I, I assume the the, the uh, industrial watering can is not being displayed anywhere. It is not. Your home. No. It is hidden. <laughs> <laughs> it's hidden under my skirted table. It has my monstera sitting on top of it. <laughs> I have one more question, and, and unless you have something, Taryn, but um, I wanted to talk about your retail merchandising experience and was curious how that impacts your design work or just your own home. Yes. And so tell us just generally about it. I have, oh, I think like eight years now of retail experience um, and five years of buying experience. I was the lead buyer for a furniture brand here in Memphis. And not only was I the lead buyer, I was the senior designer for all of the store designers and also like the creative director for all of our photo shoots and commercials and all that stuff. So I wore 
plenty of hats. Um, <laughs> but buying was my largest responsibility, making sure this company was still selling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, having to understand the psychology of consumerism and being in the mind of a customer, like that's one of the biggest things that I take with me in my client relationships, being able to anticipate what they need before they know they need it. Um, also being able to source those things now, like having going to market been my job six times a year. I know mm-hmm. exactly who to go to for clients that need something specific. Um, so I just being able to develop those relationships with those companies and also knowing where to go for what in a very quick fashion is mm-hmm. super helpful. But the psychology of being a consumer is one of those things that's quite mind boggling how people, you know, what's the difference between walking into a brick and mortar environment and scrolling a website and how we hunt for things and what's most important and what are things that people are more willing to spend lots of money on and what do they not want to spend money on? So yeah, all of those things help in <laughs> managing clients. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was a beautiful store and you shared some photos in one of your blog posts and um Oh yeah, my my goodbye to my corporate job. Oh yes. yeah, and being the, like styling, styling, styling mm. is the biggest thing that <laughs> I, I don't know how I forgot that it's my favorite part of designing, but that final detail, you know, you put a vignette together on the sales room floor you want people to walk up to it and go, I want the whole thing, mm-hmm. like how to mm-hmm. think of every single detail so that it looks good in pictures, it looks good in person. Yeah, that styling portion is where, like honing in on styling, that's where I got it from. <laughs> well, your Instagram shows that you style every, I mean, you can tell each image is definitely curated and not, you know, mm-hmm. that's great. It's intentional. (laughs) Well, and you do a great um, series on your blog where you talk about styling. So I feel like if anyone has, um, you know, we we don't have time to get to it. Yeah. But check out Saturday styling tips on my blog. Yes. Yes. Do you have anything, Taryn? Is there anything we missed? Um, My only question was back to plants, which was like, what's your source (laughs) for the plants? Oh, big box stores. Um, I check my grocery store first. Um, They'll be the least expensive at Kroger. Like I'm I'm a diehard Kroger person, but (laughs) Kroger (laughs) Kroger is um, has the largest buying power of any floral shop, big box store, anything. So you're going to get. Yes. That's why you get flowers. They're so inexpensively. Kroger's the largest floral uh, distributor retailer in the country. So yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, Look cool. for, think of the people that can buy it cheap so you can buy it cheap. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, big box stores like Home Depot, um, but I do have a few local nurseries where I just love the owners and I support mm-hmm. them. So anything mm-hmm. I know, if I'm looking for something specific, like a Monstera plant where Kroger may not have it, I can call the nursery and ask them if they have it. And if they don't, they can bring it in for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. developing a relationship with nurseries will get you what you want as well. And you support small business. I love it. Yeah, that's smart. I wouldn't have even thought about Kroger for houseplants. Mm-hmm. They right. have great ones. Look at that. 
Well, I guess I'm going to go grocery shopping more. At least it will. To fill our homes with all the good, mm-hmm. all the good oxygen. All the goods. All of it. I yes. love it. Should we do our decorating dilemma? Uh, yes, Karen? because it's a good one and I know that she's going to crush it. Okay. It is from Michelle, and she writes, Hello, I discovered this podcast about a year ago, and I love listening to you ladies, your guests, and the decorating advice you give to your listeners. I hope you can help me. My decorating dilemma is an open room loft that is at the top of my staircase. As you can see from my pictures, this room is a decorating challenge. This house was built 17 years ago, and the builders designed this room with the intent of having an open office tech center area. My husband and I thought this was a great idea at the time. It did not work while our kids were young, and I don't care about how it was decorated. They watched movies, played video games, and used the floor space for sleeping over with friends. It served its purpose, but that time is long over. Now what? As you can see, there is a built-in desk that runs from one wall across to the adjacent wall with the two small windows above it. There are two spaces at the desk built-ins for chairs. There is limited ceiling lighting, which has made the room unattractive for sitting and working. We did try. I have always had a problem with making this room look finished because it's a weird space with no solid walls to work with. There is either a door, linen cabinet, and or window off every wall that leads to another room. Now that my kids are older and not using this room much, I'm ready to transform it into something else. It sits right at the top of my stairs, and every time I walk upstairs, I see an unfinished, unattractive, unused space, and it's like a thorn in my side. This room is 11 and a half inches wide by 17 inches long. Mm, feet? I'm going to go with feet. <laughs> yeah. Not including the additional length by the linen cabinets. Can you help? I am open to any suggestion. Oh, she, and then she writes that it's 11. At the bottom, she does the feet. That's funny. Oh, Michelle. All right. Oh, man. Yes. So, so yeah. Do you want to oh. describe it a little more? It definitely is like a very small open space. It's mm-hmm. three-sided. There are two teeny windows that are really high up high. on the wall. Yes. But they're, they're yeah. teeny. Yeah, they're like itty-bitty they windows. They look like... A foot wide by like two feet yeah. tall. It looks like a I mean, doggy door size. Yeah, it looks like a dog. You're right. It looks like but, a doggy door. But they're teeny, but really high. Mm-hmm. And there's two I, doggy doors. Yes, and there's like two can lights, and then the built-in desks is actually a, a brown, like a very regular mm-hmm. brown color, um, and that is it. So I can see why she, you know, hates like that as her landing. When she walks upstairs. So, okay. My kind of first question for her, which isn't super helpful, but just generally (laughs) is it like, I couldn't really gather based on her question, whether she wanted to still use it as an office. That's Um, what I was going to ask. Like, there's no indication of what she wants it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's like, what is it? Not what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, well, now you, you guys get to make it whatever you want. I guess want. you get to make it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Then I would say if, like, there's really no downside to having cabinetry, right? So if it were me, I would probably just paint the cabinetry and the walls and the little wet bar area and paint, like, all of that. Maybe even the doors and the trim and everything. Maybe just paint all of it one color. That way you could use it for a 
desk if you wanted to. For example, if you're working from home, <laughs> maybe you need a little spot to pull up a chair and, you know, set your laptop or whatever. Um, I would probably try to personally try to find a different location for the television. Um yeah, because right now it's just sitting on the desk area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe like mounting it on the wall where the sort of tall bookcase is or um, kind of across from it. It's kind of, um, like you said, it's kind of unclear what she wants to use it for. I mean, I think it could be a cute like little reading room where she has a great reading chair and like an ottoman and a, a lamp. Um, she could tuck a little, you know um, – cube under the sort of open portions where it's meant to be a desk and just sort of have that there so that if she you know wanted to write a thank you note or a I don't know whatever whatever you might need a little work spot for she could have it but it doesn't have to look like a desk you know it doesn't have to look so officey I am feeling unclear about how to address these windows <laughs> the windows are really the hardest the part windows to me. are hard yeah uh, Carmian, what do you think so I I definitely thought, especially looking at the photos where it's almost like a sectioned off room, like there's an mm-hmm. archway right beyond the doors. So I would probably remove the desk situation mm-hmm. and build in a daybed situation mm-hmm. where she could have a reading nook and still do depending on the dimensions i think 11 is that short width like do built-ins on either side of the day bed that maybe mm-hmm. somehow integrate with the windows you can trim out the windows and just have the whole wall be shelves like create some kind of oh i like that open idea. space right above the day bed where you can hang a piece of art but the rest of the wall is shelves and you just do some simple roman shades on the windows so they kind of disappear and paint it all a moody color, like mm-hmm. deep navy, and you've got mm-hmm. some navy Roman shades and white bedding, and like you said, some poofs or ottomans in mm-hmm. front of it, and it's a lounging spot. I just removed mm-hmm. the TV altogether. Like I'm curious if, if anyone is even still using the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I that's probably what I would do. I love the daybed idea. I yeah. love it. Add some like sconces on the wall because I know lighting was yeah. a thing. So get some like yep. some mm-hmm. nice sconces or reading swing arm sconces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some good funky yeah. shades. No, I the good part is is that Arch does allow her to make that whole section separate. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And then I think painting too. Painting that because she has like another little set of built-ins. I think you mm-hmm. paint that whole, you know, and make that kind of disappear as well. So. But I mean, it's good. Storage. She could set up like a bar on this little like wet bar area and have like a little, you know, cocktail she, area she or like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, she could also have that wall drywalled, knock out those cabinets and put a door and have put a door a, a, like a closet like she could. True. Not that. Or just store stuff in the cabinets. That's the cheaper route, Caroline. <laughs> that would save some money, I think. <laughs> Um, no, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think she just, like, sits down and think about what you actually want to do in here. Cause yeah, it's difficult with no goal in mind. That's 
That's the yeah. hard part about being a designer, like figuring out what's the end goal. Yeah. How do you want to use this space? So Michelle, and you don't have that do information. That. You don't mm-hmm. know how to make decisions. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. you want to make this a working space, you know that dust doesn't work. Maybe it's still a knockout, you know, like maybe you figure out because the lighting doesn't work. You already said that. So maybe it's time to, you know, put in a fixture above you or to your point, maybe mm-hmm. it's time to put in sconces on the walls and um, cause walking up to all those outlets with the wires hanging too under the desk would not, if Karen yeah. was on tonight, she would not oh. be okay with those wires. <laughs> no, she, she would be having a panic attack. Um, no, I think she could eat. I, I think go cozy. If you're not, mm-hmm. if you don't know I how totally to use agree. it, make it such a spot that like, yeah, the kids can't Draws play game. In. Yeah. Yeah. But they could yeah. read a book and you could mm-hmm. read a book and take a nap, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe you do want your television in here. You could put it on one of those hinging things and yep. watch it from your day bed. And mm-hmm. it's like your own little solo Netflix area if your husband's like watching sports. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you have to come up. I, I do think that that's kind of a question we get often. People want a room to necess- to look good. They're like, oh, this is an eyesore, but they haven't figured out yet what the purpose is. And like you said, you really can't come up with a solution if there's not. You can't make it pretty without the function first. Right, right. So like, just throw a bunch of pretty things in it, <laughs> but it won't function. <laughs> All right. So, Michelle, if you specifically have decided what you want to use this room as, email us back. And mm-hmm. we will give even more direction, but I think that's pretty some pretty good choices. So, mm-hmm. if you want to make it an office, though, we we didn't give you enough suggestions. So, call <laughs> us back. <laughs> well, I, I especially with just thinking about it and with how small the windows are, and if she did since she said it wasn't lit very well, I feel like a dark little movie room would be kind of awesome. We even Dig have into the moodiness. Okay, we do have this um, sleeper sofa. And it pulls out in a really um, unusual way in that it's like the trundle is underneath and then the trundle pulls out and then pops up and it essentially turns your sofa into like three shades, you know, sofas or chairs with shades, I guess what I'm trying to say. So you could like, you could use it like. um, It turns into a queen bed. Right. But if you're using it like a sofa. You could use it. You could three sit of it. you could literally lay with your legs. Yeah, yeah, straight out. Extended. So it would be like yeah. a great spot to watch a movie, and it's all dark, and you, you know, I don't know. That's I what I'm it. thinking. Well, you better give her the name of that, Caroline, so she can find it. It's called the Somerset, but we have amazing day beds too, and I'm sure you can find some awesome day beds out there that are not from us, but we do have some great <laughs> ones. And anyways, there are options. So. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much for helping. Thank you for being our guest. Yes. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff. Yes. So my website is carmionhamilton.com. My name is just three small syllables. It's car, me, on, just the way it's spelled. (laughs) So I'm carmionhamilton.com. I am carmionhamilton.com. No, I'm CarmionHamilton.com. <laughs> Carmion.Hamilton on Instagram. <laughs> and that's typically where you'll find me um, all the time, all day mm-hmm. long. Instagram, but my website is how you can get in contact with me and see all of my work and read the blog and all the things. 
Um, all the things and you guys yes. want to it's got some good tips and tricks as you mm-hmm. as we talked about oh and you can buy yeah. the plant guide yes. yes which i need so i'm gonna go ahead mm-hmm. and purchase that clearly <laughs> i need some help caroline yeah caroline and i yeah. both need to purchase this book. <laughs> well great well it's thank you fair. so right, much thank again you. all right that's our show thank you so much for listening you can leave us a review in your podcast app we would love to read it and of course subscribe to the show so it downloads straight to your phone the show notes for each episode are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and follow us on social media. And the How to Decorate podcast is now a skill on your Alexa. That's right. So you can just ask Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast after you go and enable it under the skills on Amazon.com. Yes. Super easy. Super easy. Tell Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast and your life will be so much easier. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, happy decorating. decorating.